Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh man. Okay. All right. Um. Craft Beer Radio, episode three forty-seven on August 29th, twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, time to get swifty, everybody. Welcome to Crafty Radio, episode 347. 347 is the 69th prime number, so get swifty, everybody. <laughs> we have a bunch of uh, what you might call, I don't know, lawnmower beers, sort of. We just were we were doing a lot of hops. Uh, uh, we were taking down all the, all the hop we vines. harvested all the hops from the Bear Hop Farm. So we're a little, you know... A little ready for some lighter drinking, uh, but that's not what that's not everything that we have here. <laughs> so there's a, got a good number, yeah. number of pilgrims. This so. may be the uh, first time we do a show where they're all cans. As well. All cans, yeah. Well, let's start with. You want to start with that one? Yeah, let's start with this one. Okay, so this is. And I want to make sure that we pronounce it correctly. So can you turn me up? Bitburger. Premium pills. This is the actual can uh, that is sold in Germany. Yes, it Dave is. Dave brought this over for us. Thank you, Dave. Bitburger. We're at about 4.8% alcohol by volume on this one. Probably, I think, the number one... Uh, Number one beer in Germany, I think, is is this one. Oh, I wouldn't. Unless you saw it, I. That's I what they said on their website, but okay. It's it's a popular yeah beer. As you would expect, it is a rich gold color, a little bit on the straw side, very clear. Well, yeah, running about four to six SRM. Pours with a pretty tight shaving cream head. If we had it in a Pilsner glass, it would be a really tall stand-up mm-hmm. head. We're, of course, using our Speak Well beer tulips. So It's grassy. The main thing I get from the aroma, I get a much more multi-presence than, like, spicy hops mm. you know there's there's it since it's a pilsner there's definitely yeah. hoppy character that's balancing out but it's certainly mold forward a little granity a little um a little mineral um, I mean, you would think this water would be a yeah. really soft water right? but it's so, still detecting something in there could that could just be the yeast mm-hmm. i'm just saying you know typically yeah. these pilsners are going to be made with very low total dissolved solid type water. That feels just right. It does. It has, um, it's mostly malt forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough hops that are balancing it, and maybe towards the mid aftertaste, you kind of get a little more spiciness off of it. But yeah, it's good balance it's making me salivate now it just really hits the spot very pleasing like jeff said malty a little sort of um a little more english muffin than just uh sort of white bread it's got um it's a really good call it it really really reminds me of of, a english muffin it has yet a nice hoppy uh bite to it without it being 
overtly over bitter. Um, very enjoyable, very drinkable, very smooth. The can, you know, it was smuggled from Germany in a can, so it's been in my fridge. It's not the freshest beer anymore, but it's still relatively fresh, not mm-hmm. light struck, not your traditional import. Yeah. If you can get a good fresh bit, bit boga in United States, you know, it's not a slouch of a beer. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. This is no one would be upset with their pilsner if they made this. Yeah, the English muffin you called is spot on, and then it actually goes a little bit more like sesame cracker or something like that towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That's where it starts to melt when you start to actually get some of the hop flavor as well. Very drinkable. The like I said, the the yeast is adding just a. a just a touch of sweetness in the esters. Yeah, they're kind of... Uh, there's something that's a little like honey note that's yeah. coming through here and there. There's... Um, yeah, like maybe like an orange blossom honey. Just a little touch. You know, I think that's kind of what I would attribute to the yeast character. Yeah, or a little... Like a... <laughs> I'm thinking of sort of an orange, orange cream, orange something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Very good beer. That was good. I almost <laughs> done with that. It went through that very quickly. Mm. It was a, it was a half a half liter can, so our samples are a little bit bigger than we're used to. We're trying to keep the show moving, so I'm drinking it like fairly fast. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I like to sit around with this one a little <laughs> bit more and not have to rush through it. Well, do you want to stay international? Yeah, I think we do the other pills. Okay. So let's get this correctly pronounced here. Well, we don't know if it's correct. It's from a German speaker. Right. So it's a, it's a pronunciation that is probably more correct than than we would say it. Yeva. 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 Yeva Pilsner. This one is 4.9%. It looks like uh, Yeaver's the town. And the brewery. Brewed by... Oh, God, see. <laughs> Freshest Brohaus the Yeaver GmbH and Company. All right, another one. It's a, this one's a little lighter. This one's more towards four than it is towards six on the SRM. It's you know very straw color, uh, nice uh, nice head again, very clear. More hoppy on the aroma on that. Yep. Hops are a little spicy. Yeah, a little they more actually... noble. They're definitely noble, a little spicy. There's a certain like note of almost like pine cleanser or something like that coming off the nose. I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's kind of like a pine aroma, or maybe like you ever have those like. Scra- I remember having a Sesame Street scratch and sniff book as a kid, and the pine trees when you scratched it, <laughs> kind of the pine smell that came off of that. 
It's a small note. Like, I'm not talking about this isn't like Chinook, right? This yeah, isn't, yeah. you know, super pine trees. I can sort of see where you where you're getting from, but you know, I'm saying pull back a bit. I think mm-hmm. you're you think you're going a little too too far in, in sure, direction. Sure, it's not potent. It just yeah, it's one of the first things that hit me, and I kind of latched onto it. Okay. Yeah, this mostly mostly happy in the aroma. Not really getting much in the way of malts. I mean, there's some malts there to balance it. But, just, I mean, comparing the two, this one has a lot more hop aroma. The malt flavor, the body's not as full as the Bitburger. Uh, it's interesting. It has kind of a more crackery flavor. Mm-hmm. And then the hops really aren't sharp, but they you definitely hit them a little bit earlier. And you're getting a, kind of an, a little bit... Uh, I'm going to take another sip, but something that's kind of tending to be slightly floral. Yeah, this is less chewy than the Bitburger. It doesn't have as much, like you said, mouthfeel. It just doesn't feel as substantial. Mm-hmm. It's... I think you're right about the cracker. There's a, a kind of a, a slight buttery note there, too. Um, but I think that's just the hops. Mm-hmm. And... Not as drinkable in comparison to the Bitburger. Uh, right. The the flight may be affecting it somewhat because that was like really great, and then this is like, eh. but if I you know not complaining about it too much, but it just I'm kind of curious, uh, you know where Yever is, and then where uh, the Spitburger is made, like the style, because it seems like the Yever is kind of more of a Northern German type character where you know they're a little bit you know like uh, Bavarian pills versus Bohemian pills type thing where they're both German pilsners but the Bitburger kind of is more reminiscent of kind of it seems like it has more um, Bohemian nuance to it you know a little more fuller body you know more maltiness you know a little bit like uh, English muffin you know those Mm -hmm. kinds of things while it's not a um, Bohemian Pills kind of has some of the, it takes a couple of those characteristics where the Yever is seems almost more like textbook Northern German German Pilsner. But I bet you if you look in like the BJCP guide where they talk about German Pills and like textbook of Bitburger is probably on the list as one of the gold standard. You know, as one of the typical first style. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is good, but I think that uh, the Bitburger was uh, better. I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. As I'm drinking this, you know, the hops are kind of developing on it. It's interesting because it's getting a little more, a little more grassy, a little more spicy in the mid to late taste. It has something that's interesting. It's worth drinking, but yeah, I mean the Bitburger was just a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. It's hard. Sometimes there's not a lot to say about these, mm-hmm. even though they can be pretty good beers. Right. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about the Bitburger, but really, really thought it was a very, very good beer. This have less to say about it, and still think it's a good beer. Not as good as the Bitburger. Okay, we have one more pills in the flight, and this one is from Texas. Texas. 
This is from Real Ale. The guys at the Beerists sent this. Thank you, Beerists. This is Hans's Pills. I should say the guys and the gal at the Beerists. It's... Isn't guys ex- in- inclusive? It is, but some people... Okay, well... I don't think Anastasia would be uh, too picky, but... You know, I, I did kind of want to mention that it was a beer podcast that has a, a regular female host. Always good. I don't see gender, though. <laughs> uh, 5.3% knocked by volume, 50 IBUs. They call it German style Pilsner. They say they named it after the brewery's dog, Hans. Which is a German short hair pointer. Tetanang hops, so classic. And let's see here. It's uh, brightly hoppy and flavorful, and it's man's other best friend. <laughs> Won a 2012 silver medal, German style Pilsner at the Great American Beer Festival, which we will be going to in less than a month. Sweet. All right, so this one's a straw color. It's uh, pretty it's cloudy trade. compared to the other ones. It's a um, mix. All right. Mine is cloudier than yours. Alright. Cool. Yeah, it's a straw with, um, like Jeff said, a little bit, uh, yeah, considerably more cloudy than the other ones. Still, I can sort of see like, my finger through it, but it's not, so it's not totally, uh, yeah, this one's like trans- super hoppy on the nose compared to the German ones. It's tetanang. Oh, it's yeah. tetanang, but it's so potent. It almost yeah. t- smells minty. Like when you first sniff it, it's so much stronger than the hopping in the other beers that it almost like overloads your circuit. What your circuits are tuned to, <laughs> you know, like we have our level set, yeah. and this thing comes blasting through and causes you know overmodulation. And it, to me, it almost came across minty because of the overmodulation. It definitely is um, American in its presentation of a pilsner. At least from the aroma side, mm-hmm. it's continental aromas, yes. but it's the the volume is, yeah. is American. Yeah, so I mean, the main thing you're smelling is a hop. It's a saturated, like a almost has this like it's aromatic, but it almost has this potency of lawn clippings. It doesn't really smell like grass, right? But it has this potency of long clippings where it's more aromatic. It's kind of, I, I don't want to hang, I don't want to say minty too many times. It's going to drag people in the wrong direction. But for me, it's taking me to that area. Let me add a tag to the American statement because I think it's uh, it's worth pointing out in, in, in some level. Um, the American way of doing things is, is sort of represented by being loud, being kind of obnoxious about it, but obnoxious in a way that people will complain about and yet still kind of want, still kind of enjoy that it's, that it's there. Uh, I think that's... I think that represents craft beer internationally yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, breweries with a thousand years of history, you know, mm-hmm. working with breweries that are 10 years old, right. trying to learn some tricks, you know, it's there's something that American brewers have that, you know, the, the classic breweries that, you know, live in these ancient, you know, buildings uh, have a hard time replicating. Right. Kind of heard that from the interview. I heard an interview with founders and talking about uh, San Miguel. The I think is that the 
I think that's the name of the Spanish brewery. But yeah, that's a little bit of it was. They wanted to try to get capture some, some, yeah. capture some of the, you know, yeah, because Founders is 20 years old or close to 20 years old. And San Miguel's 150 years old. And they actually like, you know, have things to learn from these new brewers. It's an interesting, uh, um, I'd like to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be, or it doesn't have to be, but why does it seem like you need to learn from them? I mean, you're already tasting the beers. You know what's possible. You know, I don't want to get on this too, but I'm kind of curious, right? I think there's a, you, you, you want a little bit of the culture of both sides to sort of rub off, right? Yeah. You, you want a little sort of osmosis of both cultures. Um, you know, a little bit of the restraint of, of some of these cultures would be nice in, some, in, in the American, and a little bit of the American. I hear what you're saying. I mean, for me, since, since I am American, right? Yeah. It seems like you know, once they realize that something is possible, they should be able to mimic or replicate the brashness of an American brewing style. But maybe if you're not if you don't grow up like we grew up, maybe that isn't quite as. I think it's a little different because I think that if you're in another country, it's easy to look at America and and see a see something that's very um, kind of uniform and and simplistic in terms of, of, of what it is. Like I said, loud, boisterous, mm-hmm. obnoxious, and there is there is that aspect, but you are you're missing out on some of the more subtle things that uh, that let that happen and that encourage that both. That that encourage that attitude, uh, and sort of and like to foster it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so while you can say, "Oh, we're going to make something very hoppy," if you don't have the kind of friendly competition that's not quite so friendly going on, mm-hmm. and and the the whole social aspect of keep always looking for something new, always looking for something different, then. Maybe that's just an aspect. I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play, and you can't just copy a recipe. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I wonder if you, I don't, I, I'm, if I dive into this, we're gonna spend way too much time, way more time than I have allotted for this <laughs> segment. So I think I'm just gonna kind of let it go for there. We might hit it up later. Mm. Flavor on this beer, crazy spills from real ale brewing. Crazy saturated in the flavor compared to the German ones we just had. You know, it just tastes like. Hop juice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we'll have to reset our palates, kind of dive into it. But that first sip was like, "Yep, that's you know, it, it almost feels you know imperialish, not because of the booziness, but just because how much hops it is are in the very flavor. hoppy. It is hops are the highlight here. They are they're not over bittering. You know, it's not like it's. And a way too powerful no, happiness no, it, too. It's, it's, it's bright flavors. Yeah, it, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's 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 very bright, and 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 the focus is on the hops as opposed to being on sort of a a, a melange or sort of a, a melding of of the hops and and in the, the flavors. I'm going to pull back from the mint that I talked about in the aroma, but I'm going to stick with something pretty aromatic like that. You know, if you can imagine like some some tarragon, some straw. You know, that's kind of the flavors that are coming through for me. I mean, my palate is definitely an American palate. Mm-hmm. This is a very enjoyable right. beer. 
I enjoyed the pit burger too a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we drank it before we drank yeah. this one because who knows how it would have compared yeah. after getting you know kind of a palate wrecker like this in a in style palate wrecker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. It. Um, I do like that very bright. Like this is kind of, you know, one of the things I've been talking about a bunch lately is you know the tropical IPAs mm-hmm. and things like that, and they bring really bright tropical flavors. This is the same kind of delivering of brightness, but with continental hop flavors, which is interesting to me mm-hmm. because I'm getting this kind of tarragon type bright flavor as opposed to mango or yeah. I, I think that's interesting. I think. What you you're not getting a resiny flavor, right? You're not getting a mm-hmm. uh, a deep earthy flavor. It's still something that can be considered bright. It's still something that can be considered sort of herbaceous mm-hmm. or yeah. or citrusy or something like that. So so it goes on those lines. Maybe that's like what you are not getting when you're doing like super chinook or something like that, right? No, I hear you. I think I just I just wanted to mention because I think I kind of it's a it's not my normal kind of benchmark, but you know, imagine that brightness and mm-hmm. then try to switch it away from the passion fruit and into, you know, this more herby thing. And and that's what I think is most uh, notable about this beer. Anything else you want to say about the Hans Pils? I'm done. That's what I have to say. I drank the whole thing. So, let's move on. We're going to do the other pounder next. Before we get into hoppy things, let's do this uh, lemongrass wheat ale. This, I assume, you picked up in Virginia? This is it's actually another Dave beer. Really? This is one of the ones we exchanged. We met at Devil's Backbone, because he was in North Carolina, I was okay. in Virginia, and our paths crossed. So I gave him some of the beers I bought, and he gave me some of the beers he bought. Don't have much information on this one. This is from Outer Banks Brewing Station, which is in Devil Hills. Kill Devil Hills. Kill Devil Hills in North Carolina. Um, Lemongrass Wheat Ale. This won the silver silver medal in the World Beer Cup. Don't know when. 5.2% alcohol by volume. On the can, it says five point six. Wow, that's a that's a lot of lemongrass aromas for sure. Ooh. So they call it a heffa on the on the can. Smell this, man! It, Behold, it's... the bold and zesty taste of lemongrass infuses this can conditioned can condition award winning hefeweizen in the most frothy refreshment. Give it a smell. I mean, it is potent. It's like peppery. It, it's so much lemongrass it comes across like, like uh, alligator pepper or something like that. <laughs> well, and, and you and, typically get lemongrass in Thai food. I think that's where you okay. you most often encounter it. Uh, and it's, I mean, to its you know to its credit, the name kind of gives everything away about it. It's a little bit grassy, a little bit lemony. It has both sort of qualities. Yeah, it has a definitely like a dried lemon peel type aroma as mm-hmm. well, um, almost like and also a lemon oil. Like think of the bergamot that we had earlier. We drank some more of these summits yeah. when we were picking hops, which has that's that um, make it so. It was that Earl Grey 
uh, think of like the bergamot in that and they kind of make it more lemony than mm. orangey and smell this and you're kind of getting like that kind of essence in here too i can see where you're going with that i agree with that pretty much it's, i've never had such a potent aroma <laughs> of lemongrass and, and sun, other sundry flavors like this I got an interesting aroma. This was actually brewed and canned at St. George Brewing Company. So it is the Outer Banks Brewing Station, Kildare Hills, but it was brewed at St. George Brewing in Hampton, Virginia. That's why I thought it was you, because it had Virginia somewhere on it. Right. So I, yeah. Yeah. It smells something fleeting for a second, because there also smells something sweet in there, and it smelled like... I've never had one of these. I don't know if they exist, but it smelled like a lemongrass bagel. Lemongrass bagel. Because it had the sweetness of, of a sweet bready bagel with the lemongrass going on. I just took a sip. It is big flavor. It it kind of has like a lemon cookie type flavor up front. And then towards the end, the kind of linger, you kind of get that tea type flavor that like the the bergamot that i mentioned earlier has this very kind of astringent tea type flavor but there's a definite banana and and bubblegum mm-hmm. string through it there's definite hefe qualities happening in here too the color is you know kind of you know a four or a six again it's it's a straw like color it's a little bit more golden it's an interesting one with uh Huge flavor. So if this is a canned condition, should we get some... Uh... We can add some now that we've tasted it straight up, yeah. Add some of the cloudiness. Might get more of the Hefe type yeah. character. So Actually, I, I do think it might have muddied up the aroma. You're not getting that yeah. bright. And you know, it's neat to taste that super saturated lemongrass, but it was almost too much. I think... Maybe adding some of this yeast might help balance the beer some. Oh, that's that's nice. The lemon grass gives it a a better quality than orange, I think, in terms of of sustaining the sort of the wheat character, um, which has a slight tartness to it. The Bubblegum comes through, but there's also still lemongrass maintaining throughout the whole thing. Less banana than, than bubblegum, but the banana, I guess, is still estuary in there. Not a lot of... Yeah, not a lot of phenolic stuff. I'm not getting much in the way of mm-hmm. cloves. You know, slight bit here or there, but not not a lot. As I drink it, I mean, I think adding the yeast helps balance the beer a little mm-hmm. bit. But the lemongrass and the aromatics is still growing on me. Starting to get more and more perfumey, more and more potpourri, and it's starting to overpower me. It's starting hmm. to make this beer not very drinkable. Interesting. I'm really kind of digging it, actually. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm I'm focusing more on the bubblegum part. I think that to me is is almost like taking over. It, it feels like that's you know a heavy amount of the estuary quality here, and it's really delivering. And that is helping for me, for my tongue. It's helping mm-hmm. to to slow down the the creeping lemongrass that you're getting. 
Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I'm glad I tasted it, but, you know, continuing to drink it, just building and building it. That spicy lemongrass is getting to be a bit too much for me. What do they say about character crafted on the beach? Kill Devil's Hills is... It's on the Outer Banks. I mean, you're either on the beach or on the bay or on the highway. I mean, it's mm. not very wide, so... <laughs> it's, uh, right but, it's, but it really isn't because it's made in Virginia. No. The canned is. I mean, they, they have a pub and... <laughs> yeah, they contract brewed their production mm-hmm. run. But they have a pub in Kill Devil's Hills. I get it, but it's sort of like, you know, in the old... Glass things of Goldatrobe. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Glass line tanks. Yeah, the um it's right next to Kitty Hawk. First inflate, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, that wonderful thirty four mile per hour flight. <laughs> Alright, so this is one I did bring back from Virginia. Okay. This is the Till Sunset. This is from Licking Hole Creek Craft Brewery. We did the um, Bachelor's Delight a couple weeks ago, that bourbon barrel-aged quad. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's not going to be as special <laughs> as that beer. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm just saying it's not going to be the uh, the rarity reserve series beer that we got from them last time. So... Um... Not not much information on there to say to say it's low in ABV. It's their session, session IPA. IPA website is not. Oh, here we go. Okay, four point seven percent alcohol volume, forty five IBUs, German Magnum, American Cascade, American Centennial. That's what I got. Of course, a nice bronze color, very clear. Moderately thick head. The aroma is kind of an orange pith. There's a little bit of dankness if you stick your nose in there deeper. That's that magnum, I think, coming through. Although Centennial can, and if you overdo Cascade, it can do that too. Uh, yeah, I'd say this is probably a magnum. It's a. Uh, Something that's kind of reminiscent of a broccoli asparagus, something like that, kind of vegetal type thing. Hmm. Yeah, there it's is. Not, it's not really DMS, but it's kind of like you know, just it's it's sulfury. There's something sulfury. sulfury. Yeah, it's a kind of a broccoli. I'd go back to broccoli more than asparagus. Oh, I just smelled a really neat. So I got past the the sulfury hopping, and I got this really nice malt, and it was kind of this. Oh, I don't know if I have words, but it was like <laughs> I smelled it, and like it made me smile. It was just like a really good smell. Let me try to like put some words to that. It smells like a licking hole creek. I need to get that aroma back in my nose. That was wonderful. Kind of a little bit. I mean, it was kind of. Uh, I don't want to describe it. 
And Greg's pondering. He took a sip. He was not pleased. Or he's bewildered. It's more the it's more the former. I kind of have this issue with session IPAs where I think that a lot of them just try to be bitter bombs. And this feels like that. It feels to me like, all right, you don't really want to do much except for just bitter your tongue up. And this just feels like, yeah, here you go. Here you go, buddy. Uh, 45 IBUs, but it, it carries itself like it has a lot higher, mostly because I'm not getting... A bright quality out of the hops at all. It's just bitter mm-hmm. and a little bit sulfury. Sure. The malt quality that's there is uh, maybe if you're being uh, really, really generous, you might say graham cracker. Graham cracker. Actually, every once in a while I get this kind of little hint of like marshmallow or something like that as well, but it's it's fleeting. But it's just this bitter it is it's pretty bitter shoving bitter in your face i'm just i I mean especially after this flight i'm really not not i hear you i mean the rest of the six pack that i had down at the beach yeah great drinker didn't notice it but yeah drinking it right now it i agree with you it does it's coming across as bitterness and not much else Also, kind of like four point seven sessionable is is pushing it a bit. Come on, most people call anything under, under anything. six, five point <laughs> five point nine <laughs> sessionable. Mm. We discovered a new dump bucket where I go to pour beers back into the can, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not really dumping it because I mean I'm not dumping it because I dislike Dis- it. It's just. I don't want to waste time. Have nothing else right. to say. Yeah, and 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 it's a sobriety issue too, right? Don't, yeah. don't waste your sobriety. Yeah. And um, we need we need to refill our water so we can clean our glasses. We don't want to waste our sobriety on a beer that uh, we're not enjoying as much. I hear you. All right, so the last beer then, huh? This came from Saver, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. This is from Center of the Universe Brewing Company. This is their Homefront IPA. Uh, part of Hops for Heroes. So it's a collaboration to some degree where a bunch of breweries made Hops for Heroes. Probably some of them were at Center of the Universe when they brewed this beer. I know Maui Brewing Company is involved and a bunch of others. You can listen to the salon in our Saver coverage if you want tons of detail about Hops for Heroes. But it's, um, I'm sure proceeds, does say proceeds probably go to charities, uh, military-based charities, yeah. All proceeds from the sale of Homefront IPA are donated, are donated to military-based charities. For more information on this effort, please visit hopsforheroes.com. Here is the uh, beer description. Brewed with West Coast hops, fresh orange zest, and aged on Louisville slugger maple bats. I don't understand what that does, but okay. Hopefully they're varnished and, you know, have tape on them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Used, I hope, yeah. Definitely game used. Uh, This beer not only pleases the palate, spelled wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> Spelled like wooden pallet. <laughs> wooden pallet. <laughs> <laughs> but raises money for our troops. 100% of the proceeds from the sale of this beer goes to Operation Homefront, an organization that assists military families when they fall on economic hard times. So it's a noble goal, but they're aging it on bats. Hey, don't knock it till you taste it. Okay. All right. So here we go. The color is uh, tea color, uh, dark orange, yeah. somewhere in there. Very, it's clear. Head kind of fell down real fast. It's a uh, it's hoppy, malty, caramelly. Yep. It, it's you know for the flight, it's definitely the like the most hop forward citrusy thing we've smelled so far. You said there's orange peel or something like that? Fresh orange zest, yeah. Orange zest. Yeah, you can kind of smell kind of the zest, the oils in this. I don't smell anything maple or batty particularly about it. Haven't talked about this in a while, but the most of the oil from a fruit is actually in the zest. So mm -hmm. that's where you really get a lot of fruit flavor. So don't throw away those oranges that you've already gotten the orange fruit out of. Get that zest in there. If you got a way to zest it. If you if you have a way to zest it, I mean, if you even if you just have a paring knife, you can just sort of cut the, you know, cut the skin off and not get much of the of, of the pith, and you mm -hmm. can use that. You can put that in drinks or something. It goes great in mm -hmm. cocktails. Yeah. Kind of get this caramelly. Um, I won't go quite to bread pudding, but yeah, you know this kind of bakery dough, of some kind, you know, almost like a, a cinnamon roll type dough or something like that. There's something very what I what I used to we used to have the word man candy, right? Okay. Um. There's a sort of, it's a sort of sweet hop essence that right. is, is slightly minty, very sweet, um, a little piney. There's that's coming out of this a lot, I think. Yeah, there is kind of a kind of a hop candy type yeah. thing coming out of it. The way it's pairing with the uh, the orange and the and the malts. The malts are you know this is kind of in. <sighs> I hate to call this an English style IPA because of all the other crazy stuff in it, but it's not hops and water. The malt plays a very big part of the flavor here. And I took a sip, and there's something that's kind of oaky or you know woody about it, right? You know, something that's slightly barrelly. I think the the bats are kind of kind of making some kind of. I'm not sure I would have picked it out not knowing, but I mean, looking for it, I think there's something kind of woody about it. Yeah, there's a. There's a there's a maple quality there. I, I I don't understand why you simply won't use maple planks for this as opposed to Louisville Slugger maple bats. The the, the issue he, that I'm having is more along the lines of they've been made into bats. You did all this extra processing on them. Just take the slabs and use them. It's yeah, I mean, especially if they yeah. like urethane them or something. Yeah, you have to just sand the urethane off, or uh, I, you know, so they were donated by Louisville Slugger, so I imagine they were just like, all right, these uh, these these don't shape up, so 
you know, we'd either throw them out or do something with them. Right. So here, take them. That's a urethane, right? Yeah. Um, Varnished urethane, something. When, if, if they go through the entire process. Right. But, like, let's say yeah. they have baths that haven't gone through the entire process. Like, they, they, they realize that there's a... So they're uh, lathed, but yeah. then for some reason they have imperfections, knots or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that maybe after the lathing, they check for knots or cracks or stuff like that. And then at that point, they could still make... That, that, that makes sense because, yeah, you wouldn't put lacquered stuff into a beer. But if you just have... Uh, you could use them essentially as maple planks. If they're just going to throw them away, then I get it. Right. Cool. I guess. I guess. I mean, uh, as a as a one-time baseball fan, I mean, I haven't paid attention to baseball for a couple of years now, but I still, you know, appreciate the game. I know that they started using maple because it, ash got really expensive to use. Uh, and you see maple bats explode all the time. <laughs> they shatter. Uh, ash doesn't do that. But God damn, Emerald Ash Bore. Everything baseball. <laughs> It's an enjoyable beer. It definitely pleases my wood palate. <laughs> palate. Wood palate. Do you like load stuff onto it and then ship yes, it overseas? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so we forgot a commercial. Oh, we did. <laughs> we did. So craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. When you want to go shopping for things on the internet, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And it'll retake you to the Amazon website. You can shop, 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 shop. Cost you not a penny more. We get a referral bonus. And uh, you get your stuff in like two days if you're a Prime member. It's a really nice little thing they got going on there. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Get swifty. All right, and now it's ranking time. Yeah, it is. We're just like powering through the the, the plot points here. Okie dokie. Um, I'm going to put the Licking Hole Creek in last place. I mean, like Greg mentioned, you know, because of flight, I had this beer a bunch. I had five other cans of Licking Hole Craft or Licking Hole Creek till sunset on vacation and when you're on vacation at the beach in the hot sun or whatnot it tastes really good it's passable enjoyed it but tonight it just tasted like all bitter all the time not delivering anything else uh so it's falling to the bottom in uh second to last place i'm gonna put the outer banks lemongrass wheat ale uh really you should try this it's really interesting the potency the flavor for me it's down there because of drinkability i couldn't finish it because mm-hmm. just the perfuminess kept building and building and it was just just something i couldn't just I told, yeah, couldn't i take. understand yeah and then let's see i'm going to put the Yever pilsner in fourth place it was an interesting beer probably suffered from flight following the bitburger uh immediately uh, as I drank it, I kind of appreciated the thinner body, kind of showing off some of the hop flavor. But yeah, it was a lesser beer uh, for me than the rest of them. Then I'm going to Starting put it hard. I'm going to put the Hopster Heroes in third place. 
uh, for me, you know, it's good beer. You know, we're, we're talking about good beers. Uh, it was interesting, the, the orange zest, the, the big maltiness, the, the maple character came through. I, I think that's all really interesting things. Uh, and it, it's not a slouch of a beer at all. Uh, the reason it's in third place is because I think this Hans Pils, um, I really liked how it showed me this bright example of continental hops like i use that example of imagine those tropical ipas but replace that bright passion fruit flavor with tarragon or something along those lines not something i've seen before where hops are really like delivered in that bright way but with continental type flavors and and that was notable enough for that to to outpace the hops or heroes the um uh, the home front india pale ale and the bit border the first beer we had um man what a balanced, delicious Pilsner. It, you can get the canned German version. <laughs> it was spot on. Yeah. It tasted great. It had the malt. It had just a little bit of hop. It was not quite as hoppy as, as some of the other beers, but it had a great balance. And then some of the esters from the yeast and that kind of orange blossom honey type character that was coming through, it just was really drinkable, really good. Perfect beer. starting beer. I mean, just eased us into the show while at the same time being expressive and uh and you know very drinkable i enjoyed it a lot too cool my rankings are as such agree with jeff that number six is licking hole creek that's just not not when i'm doing uh a show where i'm analyzing the beer <laughs> Right. Not the kind of beer that does well in this kind of show. It's it. it it's a it's a decent drinker. I I I, I imagine exactly like you said. You get this at the bar. You get this on, on on the beach. You're fine with it. If you're doing an analysis, right. it really suffers. Uh, it it does not at all have really the the other stuff that these beers had the the flavors and and. Uh, in malts and stuff to go with it. It was just giving you bitter. Yep. Number five, I put the Yver. Uh, Yver? Yver. Yver. I, I just, I was, I, mean, I came right after the Bitburg and it just felt like, it felt like, no, this is, this is the bad understudy of the Bitburg. <laughs> if there was any redeeming value, yeah. it was like, more northerly, like, yeah. Like it eliminated any of the kind of bohemian type characteristics, but you know, other than that, other than that little academic exercise, yeah, it wasn't yeah. wasn't as good. Uh, number four, uh, I like the Outer Banks a little bit more than Jeff did. Uh, I, I I thought the bubblegum stuff that was going through was was nice. I agree that the lemongrass could be a little. Un, you can you could probably. Hold back on lemongrass, still get a lot of infusion without getting that thing. But then again, I've never worked with it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Number three, the center of the universe. I agree with Jeff. The home front IPA. I like it a lot. I'm still enjoying it. It's good. And those maple things, they actually do come through, I think, it particularly if you know they're there. So if you're looking for them, you can find them. 
Uh, it's nice, sweet. It's a good IPA, but this really was Pilsner night, mm-hmm. and I do feel like the Bitburger was a little bit better than the Hans Pils. I just think that the Bitburger was like spot on, exactly. I mean, it just it it hit all the right notes, so that's why it's over the Hans, which was good. You know, American, bright, interesting. I liked it a lot. That Bitburger was was great. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to Crafty Radio. Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, I am uh, available to be contacted. <laughs> you are. I am available to be contacted on Twitter at Jeff Bear and on email at, well, beer at craftbeerradio.com for both of us. And then Greg is at CBR Greg. Oh, that's me. What are we listening to here? This is another Rick and Morty song. Because I figured that uh, we're doing one in the beginning. Let's do a different one. Let's do some goodbye, Moon Man. Does, does it get uh, inappropriate? At no, any point? it doesn't. No. Okay. Good. Well, it's very, very end, but uh, <laughs> you have to worry that far. But this is Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Conquest. Oh, okay. Nice. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.